I've got that growl that just gets me every time. I'm like, Ugh. hey, listen, I'm so glad that you came here this morning to worship with us. And I don't know what it is about today, but today just feels different to me. And I don't know, like, um, I think it's because I have more expectation than I ever have in my life, honestly. Um, but here's the thing about, about this morning. Like, the thing about this morning is, and this is, this is really good news, is that we have a king in heaven who hears us when we cry out to him. That when we shout out to him, when we use our shout in the direction of our king. You see, it was, it was our friend Luke. Right? Our friend Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke, wrote this. He said, so it is with your prayers, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll discover. And this is a promise written that Luke recorded for us. So it is with your prayers. This is Jesus talking that Luke recorded. So it is with your prayers. Who, whose prayers? Our prayers, our shout to God, ask and you will receive, seek and you'll discover, knock on heaven's, door, on, on heaven's door and it will one day open for you. Every persistent person will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he needs and everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. Knock and it will be received. Cry out to him. See, too often, and this is true for me, this is true for me, okay? I'm, as a pastor, I'm going to go ahead and just let y'all know a little secret. And it's this, is sometimes I and we give up our shout too early. We give up our prayer life too early. Well, Derek, I've been, I've been praying about this thing for a long time. I just don't feel like God's answering me. Or I, don't, I don't hear God's voice answering me. And I'm with you. I feel you. There's things I've been praying about and I've been praying for, and it's kind of like me going, am I, am I prayers hitting the ceiling? Or like, is my cries not being heard? Is my shout not being heard? Like, I feel like I'm with you. But what does Luke tell us there? The prayers of someone who is persistently coming to him, the door will be open. See, here's the deal. You know prayer isn't for God, right? Prayer is not for God. Prayer is for us. Prayer is what our, our shout, right? We've been talking about shouting a lot lately. Now, I heard some people shouting today, and it was awesome. It rattled my cage a little bit, but it's all good. Yeah, I needed it. You with me? We've been, uh, when, we, when we shout out to God, when we shout out to God, it, it changes our viewpoint. It, it, our, our prayers and our shout aligns us with where God is. See, when a miracle happens, when healing happens, when things are restored and redeemed, it's not God catching up with us. It's us catching up with where he is. Yeah, he's, he, like, his word is a lamp unto my feet. That means it's him that guides But we give up our shout too early because we don't. We, because we live in a we live in a culture, and this is even part of this. Okay, so just bear with me. Okay, we live in a cult, culture of instant everything, instant oatmeal, Instagram, you know, like instant whatever. Right? We want it, we want something so fast, and maybe God is trying to teach us something in our shout. Maybe God is trying to teach us how our dependency should be on Him instead of our own power. You see, this morning is. What I want you to hear this morning is this, this, Jesus is telling you this morning, don't give up your shout. Don't give up your shout because when you do, your dependency that rested on the creator shifts towards yourself and your own power. And hear me, friend, you do not have the power. You do not have the strength to fight the war for your soul that's happening right now. You need the powerful name of Jesus. You need the name that is above every other name to rescue you, to, to fight for you. There's a fight for your soul, and you have no strength to do so. But there is a king who sits on a throne. 
that whenever we get in his presence, when we encounter the king, what you're asking for may just be on the next side of your next shout, your next cry. Maybe he's waiting for one more. Does, do, do, do they really trust in me? You see, there's a story that we're going to look at today where Jesus is making his ministry rounds, right? And, and he's making his ministry rounds, and he's coming into a city of Jericho. And isn't it funny how we started this series out in Jericho with a shout in Jericho? And now we're going to end this series in Jericho again. There's something about Jericho, right? Something about Jericho. Maybe you found yourself in a Jericho today where you feel like you're all bound up, like there's something that you need and you're, you've been praying for and praying for. And I'm, I'm here, like today may be the day that your breakthrough happens. I'm just saying. I, I mean, since I've woke up this morning, there's been something different. And it might just be some, God's going to do something in me, which will, is going to be awesome. I'm, just, I'm ex- expecting it, okay? This is, Okay. But Jesus is making his ministry rounds and is coming to a city of Jericho with, huge, with a huge crowd following him. Listen, listen to what happens. This is what happens. As Jesus and his followers arrive in Jericho, and this is his disciples, and there was a whole slew of people, a whole gaggle of people following him at this time. All right? As Jesus and his followers arrived at Jericho, there was a blind beggar sitting on the roadside. When he heard the crowd approaching, he asked. Blind beggar. He asked. He didn't ask for coins. He didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for a cheeseburger from McDonald's. This is what he asked. He says, what's all this commotion about? What's all this commotion about? This is what somebody said it says. It's Jesus. Jesus the Nazarene is passing by. And the blind beggar shouted, Jesus, son of David, have pity and show me mercy. So Jericho, thousands of years before this, they shouted that tore down the wall. Now there's somebody inside the city saying, shit. Jesus, have mercy on me. Save me. And maybe you're here today and Jesus is passing by for you to shout out today. Maybe the very thing that you've been praying for and shouting out to God for, maybe today, maybe today is the day that he's passing by and he's just saying, call out my name. Say my name. The blind beggar shouted, Jesus, son of David, have pity and show me mercy. And here's the thing that you need to point out. What I want to point out is that notice what the blind man called him, son of David. This was a term and a reference and a phrase used as a, in, meaning, in meaning the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the one who would come and make all things right again. Son of David was used as a term meaning the Messiah. And the blind man, without seeing him, knew exactly to whom he was shouting to and the power that the person had that he was shouting to. Without seeing him, he knew who he, who he was shouting to. He knew who he was shouting out to and what he could do. And here's, here's my question. Have we forgotten who we're shouting to? Have you forgotten in amongst of your years of following Jesus, or maybe you're brand new and you're like, I don't really know about all this shouting stuff. Do you know who you're shouting to? Have you forgotten just how powerful this name is? See, Hebrews Hebrews 12, 2 describes this person as this. He says, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquering its humiliation and now sits, sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So the beginning of that, a lot of translations say that he's the author and the perfecter of our faith. 
That's because he is. The name that you're shouting out to is. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He starts it in you, and he perfects it as you go. Like there's nothing that you can do inside of your faith that will perfect your faith. It only comes through him. That's why salvation and healing alone is through his hands and not yours. That's why I didn't put this in here, and there's a couple things I put in here that I didn't put up there because as I was studying last night, things were coming to me. And, but that's why Paul would write in Philippians 1.6, he said, God is the one who begins this good work in you, and I'm certain that he won't stop before it is perfected on the day that Christ returns. He is the author and the perfecter of your faith. That's who you're shouting to. Like, your faith is not, is not dependent on you. It's dependent on him and what he has already done. It's not about what you can do or the lack of what you can do, but what he has already done on the cross and the resurrection, giving us victory over sin, death, and the grave. And even those are our friends of ours that have gone on before us, that are believers, one day that grave will not be able to hold them because he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And then Colossians, Paul wrote to us in Colossians about who we shout out to. He said, he is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For in him was created the universe of things both in the heavenly realm and on the earth. All that is, all that, all that is seen and all that is unseen, every seat of power, powerful realm of government, principality, and authority, it all exists through him and for his purpose. Hello. He existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. And here's what this means. He is the sustainer of life and salvation. He is the sustainer of life and salvation. So if you ever hear a preacher say, well, if you just do this, do this, do this, you'll make God happy. No, no, no. The only person that really, truly made God happy was Jesus when he made a sacrifice on the cross. All your role is is to trust him and try to follow in his example. You with me? Just like you would a king. You follow the king into battle. Do what he, walk in his steps. He is the sustainer of life and of salvation. And Paul would also write in Colossians 1.18 about the one that we'd shout out to. He'd write, he'd write this. He says, he is the head of the body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in, in, heir in resurrection, because one day he's the first one, right? One day you will resurrect. And he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of the cross, everything in heaven and on earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. He is the restorer of all things. You, want your, you, you need help with your marriage? Guess what? He is the one that can restore that marriage. You, you need your family brought back together? Guess what? He's the one that can restore that. You, know, he, you need your kids to come back home? Well, guess what? He can restore that. The thing that you've done in your past that you regret and you're embarrassed about, guess what? He can restore that. You with me? He can restore every aspect of your life that you think is broken and tore up. This is probably, this is probably one of my favorites. He is the restorer of all things. I want you to write that down. This is my next favorite verse, Galatians 3.13. Yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed it completely as he became, the, 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 became a curse in our place. For it is written, everyone, is, who, everyone who is hung upon a tree uh, is, is doubly cursed. Jesus, our Messiah, was cursed in our place and in so doing dissolved the curse from our lives 
so that all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon even non-Jewish believers. That's me and you, right? And now God gives us the promise of, of the wonderful Holy Spirit who lives within us when we believe in him. And here's, what this, here's all this is. You write, I want you to write this down. He is our redeemer. His blood paid the price to buy you back into innocence again. You, if you are a believer in Christ, you are innocent in the eyes of God because he sees Jesus and not you. 1 John 4.14 says, Moreover, this is who you're shouting to, Moreover, we have seen with our own eyes and can testify to the truth that the Father God has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. He is our Savior. That gets me excited because I can't save myself. Have you tried? Have you tried to save yourself? How many self-help books have you read, really? You with me? How many medications have you started taking to try to better your life? No, they just curve, they just curve the symptoms. You with me? He is the only truly one that can save us and really save us from ourselves. That's who you're shouting to. He's your Savior. 1 Peter 2, 24 says this, He himself carried our, carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we could be so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healings, healing flowed from his wounds. By his, by his wounds, you are healed. You are redeemed and you are restored. And then Matthew also tells us in Matthew 8, 16, it says, That evening the people brought to him many who were demonized. And by, Je- and by Jesus only speaking a word of healing over them, they were totally set free from their torment. And everyone who... who who was sick received their healing and doing this jesus fulfilled the prophecy of isaiah he put upon himself our weaknesses and he carried away our diseases and made us well and here's the thing here's who you're shouting to you're shouting to your healer he is our healer that shame that you're carrying around guess what he can heal it that broken heart that you're carrying around he can heal it whatever you need healing for that is who you're shouting to. Have you forgotten who you're shouting to? Have you forgotten the goodness of God in your life? Have you forgotten where you could have been, should have been, would, would have been if it wasn't for him? You with me? That's why we might get loud every once in a while. That's why we turn Anthony up. That's why we sh- I scream on pitch. You with me? Scream on pitch. Sometimes. Because we serve a we serve a savior who when we didn't deserve it died anyway. Man, let me ask this. Let me ask this. I ask this all the time. How many of your sins were future sins when Christ went to the cross? All of them. Which so he knew how screwed up you and I would be. He knew how messed up you and I would be. He he would he knows what you're that sin you're gonna do tomorrow. And guess what he did two thousand plus years ago? He still came and made a way. That's how he loves us. That's who you're shouting to, but I've got to keep moving. Luke 18, 38 continues this. this. The blind beggar shouted, Jesus, son of David, have pity and show me mercy. Those who were in front, I'm going to pause there first. You notice how, like without rebellion, without, like without hesitation, without like he didn't care who was around, he shouted at the top of his lungs. I think for some of us, we're too embarrassed but in reality, our king hung on a cross on display for everybody. The least we can do is shout out a little bit. You with me? So anyways, those who, those who were in front, of the, in front of the crowd scolded him and warned him to be quiet. 
I love this. I love this part. When the blind beg screamed out even louder, Jesus, son of David, show me mercy. Like, Screw all them. Jesus is passing by me today. I'm going to make some noise. I'm going I'm to be like King David and get a little undignified a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not going I'm to get naked. Like King David did, so you are safe. You know what I'm saying? Brian's like, oh, man. <laughs> but notice what happens. There will be people, circumstances, and even the enemy himself that will try to keep you from shouting. Why? Because he doesn't want, to, want you to make those gains. He doesn't want you to, the enemy doesn't want you to move forward. The people that are around you that want to hold you down, they don't want to see you take your next step. They don't want you to be blessed by God. Even the enemy will try to keep you from shouting in the direction of your king. Where is your Jesus now? Well, I guess he, I guess he isn't paying attention to you, is he? But hear me say this. You can approach the throne with persistent boldness. No matter what the enemy says, no matter what your circumstances say, and no matter what the people around you say, you can approach God with persistent boldness. He gives us permission to do so. Does he really, Derek? Because I don't know about you, but there's sometimes when Jax comes to me and he goes, Dad, 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 I'm just like, what? There's a part of me that goes, I love it. Because I know that he depends on me. I'm the one that puts shoes on his feet and ties his shoes. I'm the one that cooks him dinner. Brittany can't cook. Just kidding. Just kidding. Don't tell her I said that she's making kids today. Okay, so. I'm the one that goes to work and makes sure he's taken care of. He's dependent on me. You are dependent on your Father in heaven. He loves it when you come to him and says, Daddy, 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 will you take care of this for me? Daddy, 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 I have this problem and I just can't get over it. Daddy, 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 I'm still here. I still have this thorn in my flesh. Will you please take care of it for me? Daddy, 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 Daddy. Like, that's your father in heaven. That, your daddy is the king. And you can approach the throne. He gives you permission to do so. In fact, the writer of Hebrews tells us this. He says, so now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned. Now love is Jesus Christ. So now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to to strengthen us in our time of weakness. You will not be shot down when you approach that throne. Guess what he'll do? He'll give you mercy, sweet kiss, and he'll take care of you. Circumstances may still be bad, but guess what he'll do? He'll love you and you'll forget about it. Are you truly seeking your father in all things? Luke 18, 39, it goes on to say, those who, those who were in the front of the crowd scolded him and warned him to be quiet, but the blind beggar screamed out even louder, Jesus, son of David, can you show me some mercy? Daddy, can you show me some mercy? Daddy, I need you to show up in this right now because I don't know what I'm going, I don't know if I'm going to get out of here. I don't know what I'm going to do if you don't show up. If you don't show up and show out right now, I don't know what I'm going to do. Can you imagine being Elijah? 
against prophets of Baal. They've done all their craziness, you know, gotten themselves and all that. And now they poured water on the on, on the altar. And God, he's like, I, if it was me, I'd be turning around going, God, you better show up because I'm going to look like a fool if you don't do something right now. But no, 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 guess what he does? He walks right up and says, show your power. Daddy, will you show your power in this situation? Verse 40, suddenly Jesus stopped. He told those nearby, bring the man over to me. And when they brought him before Jesus, he asked the man. I'm going to pause right here just for a minute. And I want you to know, I want you to know this, is that your shout grabs Christ's attention. Your cry out to your daddy, he hears you. Now listen, listen to this next question that Jesus asks. What is it you want me to do for you? What is it, Jesus asked this man, what is it you want me to do for you? Here's the crazy thing, I didn't put this in there either, but Isaiah, it's crazy that he hears us when we shout out to him. See, Isaiah 59.1, I didn't put this in there. It says, Isaiah 59 says, listen, the Lord's arm is not too short to save, nor is his ear too deaf to hear your call. That means he hears you. His arms aren't too short. He doesn't have T-Rex arms this morning. You with me? He hears you and he can save you. He can heal what's broken in your life. Your shout grabs Christ's attention. Your shout grabs Christ's attention. All right? Verse 41 and 42. It says this. What is it you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, please, I want to see again. Do you want to see this morning? I'm going to take a second. And I want you to tell the Lord what you want. He's asking you that question right now. Tell him what you want. Tell him what you want. I mean, really, tell him what you want. I'm not just saying in your mind. Like, tell him. Freedom. Tell him what you want. This is your moment. God wants me to tell you. Your shout is being heard and it's going to be fulfilled. It's going to be granted. Listen, what happens? <laughs> Jesus said, now you will see. Now you will see. Receive your sight this moment. For your faith in me has given you sight and new life. So not only did this man get what he wanted and be able to see again, but he got new life. He received salvation that day. Why? Because he put faith in the king and the one that he was calling out to. Are you putting your faith in the one that you're calling out to? Are you calling out to the wrong thing? Are you shouting to the wrong thing? Maybe that's why you feel like he's not answering you. But today, you will see and you will receive your sight in this moment for your faith in me has given you sight and new life. You want to know what happens? Did this guy receive his sight? Let's find out. Verse 43. Instantly, he could see again. 
his eyes popped open and he saw Jesus and he shouted loud praises to God. Why? Because he experienced the king. Because when you experience the king, when you come and encounter with the king, it changes you forever. Instantly he could see again. His eyes popped open and he saw Jesus. He shouted loud praise to God and he followed Jesus. And when the crowd saw what happened, the very people that told him, God's not listening to you. Where's your God now? Look what they did. And when the crowd saw what happened, they erupted with a shout of praise to God. The very people that tell you you'll never amount to anything, the very people that says that God's not listening to you or, God, or God's against you because of your past mistakes, your past regrets, and, all, and the shame that you carry, guess what? Those people can go to hell. Because, and that, I'm being literal here, okay? Because you're, God wants to do something in your life. He's not going to worry about what other people say. In fact, he's going to change their lives through what he does in yours. Your shout is being heard and it's being granted. And your shout is going to have a ripple effect in the places where you live, work, and play. You're going to have a crowd of people around you shouting and cheering you on. You will hear. Chip Church. This will be a year full of things that have never been. Maybe that's in your life. Maybe that's in my life. But don't give your shout to anything other than the powerful name of Jesus that can truly change a life. You with me? Here's what I want to do on everybody. I don't normally do this. And we don't have a song after this where we're just going to leave. Here's what I want to do. I want everybody just to bow their heads for a second. Maybe there's something in your life that you've been praying for God for. Maybe it's for, a, a shame, for shame to be taken off of you. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's for guilt to be relieved. Maybe it's for you need God to heal something on the inside of you or the outside of you, whatever that is. I want to, this is how I want you to shout this morning. If you need God to move and do something in your life, just raise your hand. I'm raising mine too. You with me? Maybe today is the day of salvation for you. Maybe today is the day that you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe today is the day that you finally receive healing for that shame and guilt. So God, I'm praying for those who lifted their hands. And I'm praying for those who are, who are too scared to lift their hands. Whatever the case may be, God, I pray over, these, over the people sitting in this room and those who are going to be listening to this later online, God, that you move supernaturally in their lives. That if there's somebody here or listening to this online later that needs salvation, that they receive it today. May they feel your presence today. May they encounter you today. May they encounter the king. Because nobody can leave the presence of the king unaffected. I pray for healing. I pray for restoring. I pray for redeeming. I pray that your hand falls on everyone here. I pray that as they stand out of their seats here in a minute and they go to leave, that they walk with a new purpose, that they, they feel empowered by your name. And may they leave here and for the rest of their days call on the powerful name of Jesus that can break strongholds. That we, while we're here on earth, we be your kingdom come that we walk in power and that your will be done in our lives on earth just as it is in heaven. 
I pray your wind blows through in their hearts. And they leave here unashamed to shout out your name. I pray all this in your name. Amen. Hey, I love you guys. I mean it.